Hawks Hawks Live. Every Thursday from 7 to 9, live on air on 710 ESPN Seattle. Now, here are your hosts, Michael Bumpus and Paul Moyer. Say it with your chest! It's time to talk that talk with Michael Bumpus and Paul Moyer on Hawks Live. You know what time it is. It's 8 o'clock. It's 8 o'clock. It's dark. It's dark outside. We in the Northwest. It's time to talk that talk, Moya. I'll get us going. First question I got. Will Adrian Peterson score a touchdown for the Seahawks before the season is over? If you had to ask me that a couple days ago, I said no. But having listened to Pete Carroll talk about him and just how great a shape he is and how good he looks – uh, I think he's going to get some touches. Now, look, I don't even know if he'll be active uh, this week. I think they maybe ease him in uh, a week from now. But I'm going to say yeah, because I think he's the guy, particularly down by the goal line, he, look, the guy knows where the end zone is. He's a legend. So, yeah, I'm going to say yeah. I'm going to say yeah, too, because of those same reasons. This is AP. We know he's old, 36 years old. That's old. In football. How old are you? I'll be 36 and 13 You're days. old. I'm old. In football years, that's old, but he is a legend. Like, you get that man the football when you're down the goal line. There's no 32 here. If Chris Carson was here, then you know what? He gets all the love down there. You make sure he gets his money. But you got DJ Dallas. You got Alex Collins. Guys who are good football players, but they don't have the resume of AP. And out of respect, right, especially when you're at home, you want the 12s to go nuts. You give AP the ball with a chance to score, and he gets in there. Imagine how crazy it's going to be in there. Wow. So think about this for a minute. We're three and eight. It's been a struggle. When they signed him, I get why. I mean, Penny's on IR, Carson's on IR. Uh, I mean, you know, we're down to small numbers there. But it, you know what? It's also brilliant in that you bring somebody in that everybody gets excited about. And, yeah. you know, we'll, we'll talk about this more. Who Was there a guy that showed up on your team or maybe you played against that you were in awe of? I guarantee AP walked in the locker room and there were guys going, wow. I know Turbo. He was tweeting out, man, I mean, my hero, my hero. I ain't gonna, all the stuff he tweeted out, but my <laughs> hero. Um, so I think it's a brilliant move just to get some life back maybe into practice in the locker room. So pretty good. Um, all right, number two. 49ers last three weeks won three in a row, and they've won four of their last five. The last three games, they averaged 178 yards a game. That's not even the impressive part to me. It's they've been averaging almost 40-plus attempts per game. But let's stay on the yards, because I think a huge key to this game is we've got to shut their running game down. Will the Seahawks defense hold the 49ers under 150 yards this week? This is probably the only time you're going to hear me really go against the Seahawks. I don't think they are. Washington football team rushed for 152 on 43 carries. Sounds familiar. That's what the 49ers are going to do. The Hawks aren't really great against the run with teams who are decent at it. Washington football team was decent at it. 49ers, that's what they do. I mean, Gibson, they just allow Gibson to have his best game of the season. 29 carries, 111 yards. I just don't see them doing it. And the messed up part is if they don't do it, it says they're not going to win this ball game because the last three games, the Niners rushed over 150 or around there, and they win. So if they let them get loose, I don't see it happening for them. So you're saying no? I'm saying no. 
All right, I was, you kind of almost talked me over there just listening to that. Um, and it's it's mainly the number of rushes. And and we're a team defensively that's a bend, don't break type of defense. You know, we, we give up 12, 13 play drives and six, seven minute drives. And that's running the football. You don't do it throwing the ball. But because Samuel's out, and he's a guy that 220, uh, 203 yards, you know, that's an extra, you know, that 20 yards a game type yeah. thing. And we know the 49ers so well, I'm going to say we're going to hold them under 150. Because I know one thing about Pete, when he's determined to say, hey, we're stopping the run, they usually do. It's going to be tough. But I'm going to say, yes, we're going to we're going to hold them under 140. I hope you're right. I hope you're right. Okay, next one. Will Jordan Brooks become an all-pro linebacker? He's fourth in the league right now in tackles. Yes, he is. And as I've mentioned before, it doesn't always mean you're having a great year. It just means you got a lot of tackles. I don't know where those tackles are. Are they downfield? Are teams thrown on you a ton? Are they run tackles? Are they pass tackles? I'm going to say yes because he he's really gotten comfortable. He, he attacks a line of scrimmage. I mean, he's our one thumper there at linebacker. I mean, he will, he'll hurt linemen. He'll hurt the running backs. He'll hurt wide receivers. His hustle, it, it shows up on film. And now he's starting to be productive. And the one thing about it is tackles matter. I mean, people look at that on PFF and all that stuff. Um, and I think he's playing well. He's getting better in pass defense. He's going to have to get a couple interceptions and sacks or get some impact plays. But I think, yeah, it, I mean, it's not going to be this year, but uh, I think maybe in the next couple of years that that's in play. I'm with you. I see it happening. This guy is, he's everywhere. I saw him scrape down the line of scrimmage, get a TFL last game. I've seen him in open space make tackles. He ran down a receiver and just blew him up last game. He's trending in the right direction, and he's learning from one of the best running back, excuse me, linebackers to ever do it. So I don't see why not. Like it, like you said, it's not going to happen this year, but in the future, I see it. Yeah, it was it was a good pick. I, I mean, I liked him coming out of college. He's um, tough scheme to transition to the NFL. There's so much to learn in the pass game, and he's getting better and better. I just I see his upside is it just continues to get better. I um, one that's a little off the wall, a little away from the Seahawks. Yeah. I'm, and I'm kind of shocked I mean, we're even doing this one. But who makes a deeper run in 2021? Tom Brady or Bill Belichick? And I, I it's it's crazy to even be saying that right now. Yeah, it is crazy. Why? Because New England has a rookie quarterback who is getting it done right now. You match it up with a decent defense, they got a chance. Like you look at Tampa Bay, you got the GOAT over there doing his thing with his weapons. Decent defense. You brought everybody back. Um, they're not performing like they did last year. But the thing about Tampa, people don't remember, they didn't get going into the playoffs, really. They were good during the regular season. The playoffs, they turned it up. Who's going to make the, uh, the the furthest run? All right, so who was Tampa competing with? The Green Bay Packers? They're tough. Uh, the Rams, Arizona. 49ers potentially. Or, I mean, Dallas Cowboys. Cowboys. And so on the other side, who who are who's New England competing with? Kansas City. Who's who's gotten hot again? Yeah, Baltimore. Nah, I decent, mean decent. Yeah, I mean, there's no world beaters in the AFC. You know what? I'm not going against the goat. I'm not going against the goat. I've done that for 20 years. You know what he did? He laughed at me and won seven Super Bowls. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going with Tom Brady. He's going. 
Ooh, that's a tough one. I, you know me, I'm a Tom Brady fan. And Tampa Bay's defensive line, their, their front seven is so good. Their secondary is not. They're 20th in the league, pass defense. Um, you know, they've been inconsistent this year, even though they're third offensively. But they're 23, you know, yards per game rushing the ball, which they're not trying to rush it. They rush it just to, you know, keep you honest along the way. I'm going with New England. Going with Mac Jones. And, and the, the reason why is Bill Belichick. He gets to the playoffs. You know what he does. I think the competition's easier. The competition in the NFC is brutal. Yeah, it is. I'm going with the big upset, even though I'm a huge Tom Brady fan. I'm going with Bill Belichick that uh, goes farther. And, I, and you're not crazy for it. Honestly, these guys have won six in a row. Six in a row with a rookie quarterback. The things that Belichick, the system he has over there when it comes to tying your shoe to put, wearing a tie, <laughs> it works. Guys go over there and they just win. He had one down year and says, you know what? Let me draft my quarterback. I gave the people what they wanted. Cam Newton was here for a little bit. All right, let's get back to business. And I'm not mad at you. I, I'm I'm like 49-50 when it comes to this because I really believe in the, the New England way. They don't have fun, but they win, boy. They win. <laughs> <laughs> they have fun. When they win, though. They probably exactly. don't have fun much in the practice and locker room, but I'd, I'll go on a winning team and not have fun any day. All day. All day. All right, when we return, we will go inside the film room. Jamal Adams' interception. Russell Wilson finding Freddie Swain, and then Wilson being intercepted on a two-point conversion. We'll break those down. That's next on Hawks Live. Hawks Live. Every Thursday from 7 to 9, live on air on 710 ESPN Seattle. Welcome back to Hawks Live. I'm Michael Bumpus with Paul Moyer. We get to go inside the film room, and me and Paul really enjoy the film room. If you are a young football player, get to know your opponent, self-critique, and how do you do that? You hop on huddle, and you watch all the film that you can. This first play we're going to break down, second interception by Jamal Adams this year on second and nine in the second quarter. He gets a pick. Second down and nine. Heineke again with time. Throws down the seam. Logan Thomas ball is picked off by Adams. Picks it off downfield. He starts to run, but he had been tagged down. And so the Seahawks will take over the ball there as it's popped up in the air. Logan Thomas gets blasted by Diggs. Ball pops up. Adams makes the interception. His second interception on the season. Defensive so, guy, that's you. What you yeah, see? I'm uh, sorry. Yeah, I was just looking for my leader. Um... Look, this is really well played. Uh, you know, they've got a two-by-two two form. Actually, they've got three wide receivers, a tight end uh, as well, on the left-hand side. Um, we, I can't. I don't know if it's complete cover two. I, I think it's definitely cover two up top with Jamal Adams. Uh, it might be quarters down at the bottom, just the way Sidney uh, Jones r- runs out on that uh, play. But it's just really well played. And the linebacker is the one who did win this thing for us. Um, we, we do, again, I don't love this uh, part. You know, we've got... I guess essentially a five-man rush, and but we drop one of our defensive tackles, so it ends up being just a. Actually, we drop two guys. It ends up being a three-man rush. I don't love it because you're really just covering air in in this situation. But both our linebackers run with the seams, and this one, Bobby Wagner, the guy starts to bend it back to the middle. He does a great job. I mean, we run with the seam. We're in the middle of that. We get a tip ball. Jamal Adams is actually on the backside of the way it's thrown. It's a tip ball. And he's in, I would say, if you're just around the football, you'll get interceptions. If you just play the the patterns properly, you're going to get a tip, an overthrow every once in a while. You're going to get a couple interceptions a year just doing that. Really well played. 
And we are getting better. I mean, we're getting better in pass coverage. It's just taken us a long time this year. Diggs did something that is so hard to do in the NFL these days. Smack somebody legally. He put his shoulder in Logan Thomas's chest. He creates that chaos. Jamal Adams is in the right spot. It's amazing what happens when you are in the right spot. Bobby is running with the seam like he's supposed to. Got Sidney Jones at the bottom running with the vert. This is what you asked for right here. I mean, there's always things that we could kind of pick on, right? Um, no, There's no perfect play. There's always something that Absolutely. you can do better. But this is what this is supposed to look like. And this is why this defense has kept this offense within striking distance. Every game, even though they give up 15, 16 play drives, for some reason, every now and then they'll show up and make plays like these. You know, you mentioned Diggs on that play, and you're right. I mean, he had to swivel his hips, you know, it – to get back over to that play. When I when I saw it initially and I saw the wide receiver's head snap, I go, oh, man, they're gonna call a penalty. But it's you know, it's perfect form. You know, it gets the shoulder right into this chest. Uh, again, g- good play. We're starting to see more and more of that. All right, this next play, the biggest play of the game for Wilson Wilson. He finds Freddie Swain for a thirty two yard touchdown with fifteen seconds remaining on the clock. Three receivers right side, twenty two. Russ looks, pump fake. Now he's gonna let it fly. He's got Right down the middle of the field. And you can hear the Seahawks fans in the stands. Russell Wilson throws a dart. Swain right down the middle. What a 33rd birthday for Russell Wilson. A 32-yard touchdown strike. And now the Seahawks have to convert two to tie it up. Nothing, nothing is out of reach for number three. Nothing too complicated about this play, these routes combination. They're in a three-by-one, three receivers to the offense's right, one up top, that is DK up top. All they do is run verts. You got a cover two, oh, might, no. be a, might be a Tampa look with that. That's an extra defender in the middle of the field. He does nothing to Freddie Swain. Freddie Swain's the third receiver. He's in the middle of the field. Now, Lockett runs a go, holds the safety. Gerald Everett runs a go. So now you got three guys running a route on one safety. He's got to choose and be patient. And because he has to choose and be patient – Freddie Swain is able to work the middle of the field late. Russell does a great job of stepping up. He, I think he's looking for DK initially. Doesn't like it. Steps up in the pocket. Sees 18. Throws a dime. We're going crazy watching this play. Yeah, when I, when I see this play, um, this is why I don't like cover two when you get towards the red zone. It's just it's too hard to cover it with the safeties. But I definitely don't like it when they have three wide receivers to one side unless you play a form of Tampa 2. And that just means whoever's on the third wide receiver or anybody in that position, they've got to run down the middle of the field with them. And it's weird because it looks like it's a safety. He's in position and he just drops coverage. And now Russell is looking to his left. I think he's looking for DK on the left-hand side. DK on the left-hand side, I believe yeah. where he was. Um you know, that safety widened because DK took a, a, a kind of a try to get an outside release and the corner went all the way to the sideline. So now that safety's in no man's land. Russell looks him off and there's no one down the middle of the field. I thought Russell was going to run it, but Russell always has his eyes up. He's always looking downfield. And again, that, that's vintage Russell. I mean, I, that, that was a nice play. I'm just glad, glad uh, Freddie caught it. Because, I mean, so wide, so open. wide open, man. I've seen good receivers drop those type of footballs. We need more plays like that on offense. Hold on, but before we get to the next play, I wish we could take people inside the 
boardroom suite upstairs when we're watching <laughs> games in this studio. We went absolutely nuts when Freddie caught that football. We're just fans like y'all. Y'all don't see it behind the scenes, but we're going as crazy as everyone at home is. Most definitely. Glad insight. There's the insight right there. Inside information. All right, next play. Russell Wilson is intercepted on the Seahawks two point conversion attempt. Russ has time, looks, looks. Now he fires inside, reaching up and intercepting the ball in the end zone. And that's going to do it. Kendall Fuller. Russell waited. He had time. He was looking for somebody to come open. And he fired a dart inside that's intercepted in the end zone. First of all, they they played this really well, talking about uh, Washington football team. This this play looks like it's initially designed to go to our right. He's certainly looking for, I think, Gerald Everett to go like a, an arrow into the flat. They, man, they, they play a three-on-two in this, and they play it beautiful. I mean, it's something that I, I mean, I love this down at the goal line. Anytime in the red zone, this is a great defense. Now, look, Russell comes backside, and I really believe Russell a year ago or when he's confident – he hits Swain because as soon as Swain, he makes an outside release on the left side and then he bends it back into the like an end or a post. And there's not much room, right? You're on the two-yard line there. Yeah. And he's open. But Russell, I just I, whether he didn't see it or he just wanted to wait a fraction more for him to get open. And because of that, the safety, really a guy who had no business being there, came off one of the guys he was covering and ends up making that play. I think you said it right. This is a confidence throw right here. If Russ is confident, as soon as number 16 Tyler Lockett flashes across his face, he knows that guy is going to be open. He throws to the spot, not to the man. Yep. Right here he threw to the man. And when you get down here and there's not a lot of space out there, you got to throw to the spot, not the man. Great, you got to anticipate a, a lot of these throws out here. And then DK has two guys on him, but they're behind him too. And I'm surprised he's not looking for DK initially on this thing. It takes DK a while to get through all the muck in the middle of the field. You got guys who run with him. Uh, two guys on him, but they're on his back hip. Rush just a little late. Like, I'm not mad at the decision. Just a little late. Yeah, they, I mean, the, it looks like, again, the play's designed. They, they thought they had some type of man-to-man situation, so they run a bit of a rub route for Gerald Everett into the flat. They just zoned it off. You know, they just, you know, it's like playing basketball, and, you know, once they – you know, go to their positions, you know, I'm, I'm playing a spot. They played this really well at the point of attack. Russell came, like I said, came back. And here's the thing. I, we've seen Russell do that a million times. Yeah. And that's why I said, okay, it's just the confidence or just the timing. It's just not quite there. And that's why I said, we're not a bad team. We're just not playing well right now. And that's, you know, your record is what it is. You know, we're three and eight, but that's, that's part of it. When an offense is down on the two-yard line, I love just crossing guys up, right? You make them communicate. If they're a man, they got to run and get through all the stuff in the middle of the field. How do you feel about the play call? I, I, I like to play. I, I think they were expecting man, uh, and that's what that play was designed to do. Um, I also know that you like crossing routes yeah. as a defensive coach, and I like to play kind of the coverage that they did, a combo coverage, a three-on-two. So – I just let you guys do your thing, you know, and, you know, one guy's in, one guy's out, and I just kind of zone that off, and then I pick it up man-to-man. They played it really well. Now, to Russ's credit, he saw it immediately and came backside. And, um, you know, I'm sure he's he's looking at that one going, oh, I should have came backside just a little quicker and made the throw. Make, you know, just let it go. And that's that's really the difference right now. You know, big plays versus just plays. Just a little late. 
And uh, thank you guys for staying up a little late. My mom goes to sleep at 9. So 8.25 is, is a little us? late for her. I don't know. She might be listening. Mom, if you're listening. Mom, you listening? I love you. All right. We return. We'll go around the NFL. Does Carolina have buyer's remorse? Do you still have faith in Lamar Jackson? Are the Rams in bigger trouble than people think? Did Big Ben wait too long to hang him up? We'll let you know next on Hawks Live. Hawks Live, every Thursday from 7 to 9, live on air on 710 ESPN Seattle. Hawks Live every Thursday, 7 to 9, right here on 710 ESPN Seattle. I'm Michael Bumpus with Paul Moyer. It's time to go around the NFL, but we're going to talk about something real quick. Ah, moment. Adrian Peterson is here with the Seattle Seahawks, and I'm sure some of these young players were like, that is Adrian Peterson. I mean, this guy's been in the league 14, 15 years. That's an awe moment. What was your awe moment? A couple of them. My, my very first awe moment was my second year in the NFL with the Seahawks. We lost Kurt Warner, first game of the year, and we brought in Franco Harris. And I was like, man. Now, I was not a Pittsburgh Steeler fan. I was a Raider fan. Uh, but the immaculate reception, you know. But it was that, Wow. I, I'm playing with Franco Harris and couldn't have been a nicer guy, too. I mean, just just unbelievable. Um, you know, some other ones, you know, Jerry Rice, when we had him, you know, I was doing the I, I want to say I was doing the sideline stuff at the at that time. And uh, so I got a chance to interview him. And that that was that was pr- pretty fun. But the player uh, going up against the player, Walter Payton. Yeah. And I played against him when he broke the record. We played in Chicago. I'm wow. not going to get that tape. And I just remember the sweetness was so amazing. Such a great human being, too. But, you know, to me, I, honestly, I, I, I think he's the greatest running back. And I know that's so subjective, but just the way he played and how he played. And there's some great Jim Brown and, you know, Barry Sanders and Emmett. I mean, there's a bunch of great ones. But something about sweetness. That, those are my three just wow moments. My first one was Rossum. He was towards the end of his career, made a living in Atlanta being a good return guy. I wanted to be a good return guy like Rossum. Saw him my first game playing against the 49ers. I walk up to him. I'm like, hey, man, I just want to show you love. I've been watching your whole career. He goes, congratulations being pulled up from the practice squad. Wow. I'm like, how do you – like, you took time to see who's getting pulled up? I mean, that that was love right there. My second one was Edron James. I didn't even know he was going to be on the team. It's my second year. We go into the locker room and I see these these dreads and some gold teeth. You know, he made dreads and gold teeth okay in the NFL, right? And then I look at the locker, it says E. James. I'm like, there's no way that's Edwin James. It went over, shook his hand, what's up, man? Nice to meet you. Been following your whole career, showed a lot of love, taught us some gambling games we could play, you know. That that was uh, Frank O'Hare's taught us <laughs> Boo-ray. <laughs> and it was it was like just an OG showing a young guy some love. So those are my two wild moments. All right, I gotta throw two more at you. So you guys know the Tom Brady one yep. when he I met him and then you know this is in the prime of his career but it's probably ten years ago and how he treated my son second to none I'll, I'll forever love him um, Muhammad Ali you met Muhammad Ali and got a photo with him wow and we did a, an event and had him and you know he was he was still able to converse a little bit I mean he was certainly into the Parkinson's uh, disease at that point. But that's one of my favorite photos, and he was just so gracious. And I remember he looked at my wife, and it was like he kind of looked at me. I go, "Yeah, she's pretty, huh?" <laughs> oh yeah, he just kind of shook his head. So yeah, that was my awe, awe, awe moment. 
All right, I got one more. Give it to me. It was before I started working here. I got Coach of the Week from the Seahawks when I was Ooh, in Monroe. Little flex. So a little flex. Coach of the Week. Yeah. So I get invited to a Thursday night game, I believe. We're down on the field. Boom, boom, boom. I grew up a 49er fan. I know you guys hate that out there, but I grew up in California, either Raiders or Niners. I was a 49er fan. And I'm walking by, and Steve Mariucci's right there. And I'm like, Steve Mariucci was like the coach, you know, Steve Young, all those those good years over there in 49ers. And I shook his hand. I'm like, hey, man, I appreciate everything you've done. And uh, he looked me in the eye, was very humble. I appreciate you and all the support. Boom, boom, boom. I walked by to my wife. That's Steve Mariucci right there. She goes, who's that? <laughs> I'm like, don't worry about it. She goes, why didn't you take a picture with him? I go, I, you know, it's we're on the sideline. He's working. I'm, I'm not going to go there with him. Uh and if it, there's only a few people I want to take a picture with, well, I'll fanboy out. Kobe Bryant, Michael Jordan, probably uh-huh. Ali. Other than that, I'm like, you're just, you're. I appreciate you, but you're a dude as well. I'd like to have it on my wall, but it's not a must one. Yeah. We didn't take a photo with Tom Brady. I asked my son, hey, you want to take one? And he goes, Dad, like you're embarrassing me. And I'm like, man, I'm just telling you, you're going to regret this yeah. like in 10 years. Yep. And I'm the one who regrets it. Because <laughs> I'm like, that's Tom Brady. He's the greatest player. Yeah. Le- quarterback but probably the greatest player in NFL oh that's history. a different debate well i'm just saying the accolades i mean accolades he's, he's been the quarterback and you know 77 super bowls it's pretty good yeah yeah all right let's get to around how the NFL. many you said 77 yeah, yeah, look, I'm, I'm just trying to one up i'm trying to flex a little no i'm you know i'm teasing how many super bowls have there been like 58? <laughs> All right, let's go around the NFL. This is a good one right here. Does Carolina have buyer's remorse? What Cam say? I'm back. Oh, no, Paul. Five for 26. A quarterback rating like 2-9. Um, he looked bad. You know what was interesting about him? And this is why I think he's done. Um, I've seen him throw, and, and for a lot of time, I go, wow, he's got a shoulder problem. There's something not right mechanically with yeah. him. And I watched him again last week make some throws, and it was, I mean, it was hard. I mean, this is a big, athletic, strong man, and he could barely throw the ball 20 yards downfield. So, yes, I think they have buyer's remorse. I think there's a lot of incentive clauses built into that. Yeah. But the guy who played before him played pretty well. PJ. And they won. Yeah, and now I, to me they're they're in a tough spot. Give PJ a chance. He went five for ten, eighty-seven yards, one one interception. Cam Newton went five for twenty-one, ninety-two yards, two interceptions. But if you go the game before, I think uh, is it PJ? You said. Yep. I think he had a pretty good game. Like you know, high percentage rate. They won big. Well, the, they lost to Washington before that. They beat the Cardinals. You want to look at that game? Yeah. Against the Cardinals, he was 22 of 29, yeah. 167, one interception. You know, I'm, but you won. Yeah. And then you get it, and now you're disrupting it, bringing Cam in. I thought I thought it was strange. I would have brought Cam in, but I said, you know, we'll five, see. Five to eight plays? Well, give, or give him or something. if he's not playing well. Now you're shot, but I'm not going to take him after we just won, and we've all rallied together. I, I to me, that's disruptive. I think that's more of a PR move too, though, right? Keep keep the fans back in it. Well, Kim was good against the loss against Washington. He was 21 of 27, 189, two touchdowns, also 10 carries, 46 yards, and one touchdown. So yeah. the wheels just really fell off last week. That they did. The wheels on the bus don't go round and round all the time, boy. Yeah. Nope. All right. Do you still have faith in Lamar Jackson? Oh yeah. Yeah, no question. The NFL's hard, people. It's a hard <laughs> game. You're going against the greatest athletes in the world, 
uh, really smart coaches on every team. I know you don't always think that's the case, but they are. You don't get to that position without really working for it and, and showing your mettle. Um, so yeah, sometimes you just have bad games. and it, No one's figured him out. No, I mean, it's that's on him. But he can throw it. He can run it. He's still, as a defensive coordinator, not many answers. And guess what? They still won last week. Yeah, I know. It was ugly. I'll take he it. threw four interceptions, one touchdown, 165 yards in the air, 68 on the ground. But they still won the football game. Isn't that why we are here, to win football games? It's called a coachable moment. We won, yet four interceptions don't do it again. <laughs> okay, are the Rams in bigger trouble than people think? They are. I, when you start losing, what, they've lost three three in a row, four in a row. Three um, in a row. Yeah, I I just – we know Stafford, and now he's starting to fall into the old trap when he was at Detroit. Good arm, good player, good numbers, but now he's starting to have really bad, untimely interceptions and turnovers – are, are brutal and he's had a bunch every game now and it's he's uh, he's a direct reason why they're losing they've got some injuries but I'm also defensively they're struggling and that's something I I haven't seen they have the talent they'll probably flip it at some point but you start you lose again now you start doubting yourself and you don't ever want to doubt yourself in the NFLs yeah they're they're in trouble well thankfully they're playing the Jaguars now that helps so that that's going to help them after that they got the Cardinals then the Seahawks mm. then the Vikings and the Ravens yeah. So it's going to be tough, tough towards the back end of this thing. Yeah, I'm with you. I think they look so good on paper. My goodness. You got Stafford. I think the running back situation is kind of iffy with Sony Michelle. Um, but you still got Cooper Cup. Woods, if Woods was there, I think this team looks a big difference. But you got Odell Beckham. You signed Von Miller. You still got um, well, Leonard Floyd over there. Aaron Donald. Ramsey. I mean, you're looking at it. You're like, well, how is it. this team losing like this? Three games in a row. That's tough. All right. Last one. Did Big Ben wait too long to hang him up? <laughs> well, I think Pittsburgh waited too long to hang him up for him. We saw it last year, and we saw it early on this year, even with the Seahawks. He can't throw the ball downfield anymore. It doesn't move. And one of his greatest strengths is you couldn't sack him. He was just too big, too strong. He would just stiff-arm you away. He didn't have that anymore. Um, yeah, it, it, it's time. And I don't know what they're going to do. I mean, you have a Hall of Famer, a guy who's won Super Bowls for you. Yeah, you try to do the right thing, but there's still a bit in the hunt. I I just, yeah, he's just not the answer. This is it for him, though. Real quick before we get out of here, Paul, you mentioned Muhammad Ali, and I just felt like our listeners who've been staying up with us this whole night had to be blessed with some Muhammad Ali before we go to break. Bad. Been chopping trees. I done something new for this fight. I done wrestled with an alligator. That's right. I have wrestled with an alligator. I done tussled with a whale. I done handcuffed lightning, throw thunder in jail. That's bad. Only last week, I murdered a rock, injured a stone, hospitalized a brick. I'm so mean, I make medicine sick. Bad dude. Bad. Fast. 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 Last night, I cut the light off in my bedroom, hit the switch, was in the bed before the room was dark. Incredible. Fast. Hey, so Fast, they say 1979, Sugar Hill Game recorded the very first rap song. That was it right there. He was spitting bars right there, Moyer. Bars. Well, he was gifted, obviously, as a boxer, but, I mean, his words, his intellect, I mean, the stuff he went through, which today now you, you become a hero. Uh, he's, yeah, he's an impressive man. Big ups to Muhammad Ali. When we return, we'll give you our final thoughts and keys to victory right here on Hawks Live.
Hawks live every Thursday from 7 to 9, live on air on 710 ESPN Seattle. Hawks live. Time to put a bow in this thing. Last segment of the night. Thanks for hanging out with us. I'm Michael Bumpus with Paul Boyer. Keys to victory. What's your key to victory? I mean, it's pretty easy. We we need to score more points than them. And that's Solid. it. That's Solid. It. Well, I'm going to make it somewhat simple. Defensively, we just flat out got to stop the run. I mean, whatever that means. I mean, they can't go for a 170, 178, what they've been averaging the last three. And, and I think one of the, the other ones, the defensively, we're six in the league in points given up per game. But we can, we can't lose this time of possession the way we've been doing. We yeah. can't have these six, seven-minute drive. We can't play just bend, bend, bend. It's okay. It keeps the points down, but it doesn't give the offense an opportunity. We've got to start turning the ball over, three and outs, winning some of the field position battle. And that's the part where I just say, look, we're three and eight. Let's, let's just be more aggressive. Let's be more aggressive in how we jam receivers. Let's be more aggressive playing some man-to-man at times. Let's be more aggressive in blitzing. We got nothing to lose. And I would do it when they're backed up, too. Let's get off the field. Let's see if this, our offense can get the ball at the 50-yard line. And that's where they need the help. And to me, that's the big key. I think it's the same story every week. Be better on third downs. They had five consecutive three and outs in the second half last week. DK needs more targets. One reception. Uh, in the fourth quarter is not good enough. Russell Wilson needs to be the Russell that we've become accustomed to seeing. And you're right, this defense can't let him rush for 150. So let me ask you this: as we as we we're three and eight, and we're we're not out of the playoffs, and the Seahawks certainly are going to play like they're not out of the playoffs. But let's say they're out of the playoffs. I mean, realistically, they're out of the playoffs. Is this an opportunity for? Shane Waldron and and Russell and them to maybe say let's let's try some different things now you know let, let's 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 start looking to next year same thing defensively you know let's let's start playing some guys you know look I, I know this may be a little controversial let's give Jordan Brooks some time at middle linebacker he's the future there no, right I don't think you do I that. know that's kind of blasphemy yeah okay you don't do that. But hey, Bobby. Just, hey, Bobby, go sit nah, on this Bobby's, bench. Bobby's not going. Bobby <laughs> plays every down, and I think he's played every down on defense this year. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, it's just an opportunity to rest him, too. I, I do get concerned about him. The number of plays the defense has been on the field, and he's been on every one. You know, it's okay. I And I, I don't know if that'll happen. That's kind of like taking uh, Cal Ripken out of the lineup. You know, that probably yeah. doesn't happen. But I... There can be a positive to not to this season the way we finish. I want us to finish strong. I want to find an identity, and I think this is a chance we can actually try some things without worrying about necessarily the end result. I'm okay with them trying things, but I feel like as long as they are technically in the playoff run, right? That's their mentality, right? That's Pete's mentality. That's Shane's mentality. Uh, Ken Norton. Yeah. So it, it's hard to be like, all right, let's try something new. When we're we're still in this thing, or well, it's okay to try something new, but personnel wise, I think they can't start experimenting with guys and say, "All right, is he going to be the guy next year?" Now you lose this game and the next game, I think you can start doing that. Yeah, I'm just thinking again, more of a philosophy, you know, instead of saying, "Hey, look, let's go ahead and be aggressive defensively when they're backed up." Let's not play. Let's uh, on offense. Let's try, and I don't even know what that is. But let's go ahead and let's let's it's fourth and two from the forty, our own forty. Maybe we go for it. 
<laughs> you know, I, and I'm yeah. serious. And again, yeah. I, I'm not a big believer in going for fourth downs all the time. I mean, again, you go for it and you don't make it. Everybody gets mad at you. If you don't go for it, then everybody gets mad at you. You know, it's, it's, it's armchair quarterback, money you know, quarterbacks, uh, all that stuff. But just dial up the aggressiveness just a little bit because why not? I don't know. No, I'm throwing it out there. No, I'm okay with that. I mean, it's okay to switch it up. You do the same things over and over and expect a different result. That's insanity, right? Um, offensively, I want to see more combinations. I feel like the combinations are like sometimes are like high school stuff. Like, okay, this is what my high school kids can handle. My quarterback specifically. Let's let's run these type of concepts. Where I look at other offenses and I'm like, oh, I like that. But it comes down to protection because if you want to get creative in these. In these uh, these concepts, you got to be able to protect. And honestly, Russ took some hits last week. Yeah. I went back and looked at it. He's on his butt a lot. Ten quarterback hits the Washington football team had on him. If, if the lie is not going to protect, it's it's kind of hard to be creative on offense. Yeah, no, I, I I agree with that. You start trying to get these long, intricate routes. You got to be able to protect, um, and and not just protect. I mean, you, you've. The, the, you, if you do a maximum protection, and again, if, you, if the defense is taught proper, all of a sudden I see everybody block tight end block backs are in the in the backfield. So I now know it's a two max three man route, right? That defense immediately flips to maximum protection defense, and so I now play this more of a combo man to man coverage, and so. You're right. If all of a sudden they're taking that away, there's no one to throw to. If I do now put my out, you know, the drop outlets, you know, check downs. Now I don't have the protection. So it's not just an easy fix. Everybody goes, well, why aren't we running these different routes? Well, we better be able to protect long enough. And with that, that means I'm going to keep more people in. And if I, so it's, it's not a simple answer. You know what else I want to see? I want to see the linebackers carry the seams like they did against that play we broke down against the Washington football team. Because against the 49ers, those seams are going to turn to digs and they're going to cross the middle of the field. If you can disrupt that, and take away what Jimmy wants to complete, I think you really have a chance. Yeah, I think you have to jam it a little bit, though. Um, the, the one thing that we do, that if, if you don't get a pass rush, is if you carry the seam and now on my backs to the quarterback and they throw the check down, man, it becomes a 10, 15-yard play. Yeah. So in zone, I, I've got to cut it off and still be able to look back into the quarterback. Right Now if he's not looking, I can start to slough off a little bit. So there, there's a lot that goes into that too, but that sounds difficult. It's not difficult it, to me. It's second nature, but I was taught <laughs> that my whole life, the and flex. I taught that the whole way too. No, it's not a flex. It's just zone. I feel the receiver. I still got to look at the quarterback for her checkdowns. Play action. Yep, I'm running to take away a route. I'm. T- I, I may have to p- go to my turn my back, but that's where again. Hey, you know, you call them off at that point if you, there's a safety there. So, you know, look, that's why you get paid the big bucks as offensive coordinators, right? You guys see what we're doing. All of a sudden, now I'm carrying the seam. I'm running with the weakness of a defense in the three-deep zone. Guess how how do how do I hurt you? Well, all of a sudden, I have a little late check down, and I split that for 10, 15 yards. So, yeah. I love the way Gerald Everett has been inserted into this offense the last couple of days, last couple of weeks. Um, there were three passes that were thrown to him that Russ just missed. He could have had eight for dang near 100 yards if Russell completes those plays. If there's one thing I want them to keep on doing, it's find ways to get this guy the football, 
most guys miss. The first guy usually misses with Gerald Everett, and he's got hands. I think if he, if you throw a catchable football, he's going to make a play. No, I, look, he was he's a good signing. Um, I can't imagine Russ having three bad games in a row. I because mean, he's been off. That's just not Russell, man. I mean, he's been off in some decision making, but certainly accuracy. You know, the, his release point. Or, I don't know what it is, but when he airmails guys wide open on third down, that really easy throw. That's not Russ. So I just it's his third game. I mean, he's back. He should be. You know, I don't know how much that finger's affecting him. I just can't imagine him not having a good game for Russ. I don't know if we're going to win, but I just I don't think it's going to be because of Russ. You know I, what I think is going to happen? One thing I can almost bank on, I think Diggs is going to have an interception. Okay. I really do. Just because the way they work the middle of the field, he's able to freelance and, and get downhill hill on those things, cross the middle of the field. I believe he had one against the 49ers last time that they played, if I'm not mistaken. Um, I think that was – yep, that's what got the party going uh, because he, he read – the end cut, and they're going to do it. They're going to start George Kittle in the backfield Ugh. and swing him out. They're going to start George Kittle wide, even. They don't have Debo, so now you got to look at Brandon Ayuk. I think uh, I think Diggs is up for a big game. Well, you, you mentioned Kittle. but <laughs> Keep an eye on him at all costs. He's like uh, Kamara when we played New Orleans. You can't let Kittle beat you because without Samuel, Kittle's the one. He, you can't let him beat you. All right. That's going to do it for us, man. That was fun, Paul Moyer. Thanks for hanging out with me every and Thursday. And we're just going to give some love to our moms. Yeah. Because right? I know mom. they're listening. You know they're, they're listening. listening. Yep. They're our biggest fans. Love to the moms. Yep. Special thanks to Jacob Eason and John Clayton for joining the show. Our board operator, DJ Wilder. Our executive producer, Nasa Chobi. The Hawks pregame show was live this Sunday starting at 10 a.m. Until next time, I'm your host, Michael Bumpus with Paul Moyer. We'll be back next week right here on Hawks Live.